You know, when I started my business off, um, nobody gave me a chance. Nobody gave me a chance. Everyone laughed at my face. Everyone told me I got it wrong. And I think I had a point to prove. And you get rich, and guess what? You can't sort all your problems out because you put so much focus in getting rich that you forgot who and what you are. And I just see too many people fall into what I call the success trap. Success. They've got success, they're ill. For those who don't know, who are listening to this now, just- Can I just say, UKBF, the absolute powerhouse. And the fact that you were back on the helm, love that. Oh, thank you. Genuinely, because actually they, you were my biggest online rivals. No two ways about it. I made that happen. No one made that happen. This is what I'm trying to say, is there is, right now, there is council estates full of brads out there that have been waiting to be found and waiting for somebody to hook them out. No one's gonna hook you out. Somebody said to me the other week, somebody quite prestigious, said to them, Brad, who's called you the UK's number one motivational business speaker? And I said, let me ask you a question. Who called Muhammad Ali the greatest? Hi, my name is Jacob Collins Brown, and this is UKBF Stories, where we are telling the story of small businesses across the UK and shining a spotlight on their journey. Hi, I'm Richard Osborne from UK Business Forums, and today I'm with none other than the UK's number one motivational business speaker, Brad Burton. Richard, how are you doing? Long time no see, mate. It's only been 15 years. It has been a long time. You're aging really well. Thank you. Well, you know what? You can't trust a fat motivational speaker. And I recognised something that I needed to lose some weight. And, uh, you know, I was a business machine, as you well know, and uh, decided now that actually what I need to be is a fitness machine and get myself together. How much I saw you everywhere. You literally have been everywhere. Mm. The energy that kept you going and going through constantly every business show um mm. i don't think there was a stage you wasn't on mm. um the i'm surprised that well where did the energy come from not wanting to go back to where i came from you know when i started my business off um nobody gave me a chance nobody gave me a chance everyone laughed at my face everyone told me i got it wrong and i think i had a point to prove and that point was to be everywhere. I wanted to be, I'll try to say it, ubiquitous. There you go. Right, not a bad way for someone from Salford. And I wanted to be, you know, everywhere. I wanted to be everywhere. I needed to be everywhere. I think people needed to hear this message. And the message has changed over the years. But, um, but no, there was a time, like you say, when I was everywhere. And, and you know, I'm still everywhere. Yeah. I'm still everywhere, but in a different way. When you say you didn't want to go back to where you mm. so... If we run back to there, so yeah. 73, born in Salford, what was it like growing up there? All right, you know, a fish, you say to a fish, what's the water like? The fish says, what water? You, you don't realise what the environment you're in. You just, it's the first time you've ever been five, six and seven. You just, that's how it is. Life was good. You know, my mum uh, brought me up as a single parent um, and she did a great job, genuinely. And, uh, you know, holding down three jobs at one point to sustain my life. And... Um, it was good. It was, you know, it was as working class as you're going to get. And uh, probably the best way to describe it, like Coronation Street. But it was good. It was good. And they ended up leaving school with no qualifications. And uh, and I was all right with that. <laughs> and that's what's crackers about it. You think, well, what do you mean you're all right with that? You know, I always found a way. I think that's, I think that's fairly a consistent thing when some, when you leave school with no qualifications, yeah. especially when you have it drilled into you all the time. You mm. need these exam results. You need these pieces of paper, I've heard you say before. Mm. Um, that when you look at a lot of successful entrepreneurs, yeah. they, you know, not all of them have come along with all yeah. these letters after their names and uh, all these. Uh, well, you know what I always say, if you can do the job, you're qualified. Yeah. And actually, whatever job that I've ever set my heart out to do, I've made it happen. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I think uh, this sort of comes into sort of later and some of the things you're doing now, but gamer, BMX bikes. Please tell me you put cards on the BMX to get the engine noise. Of course you did. Yeah, we used to put nuts. chippy trays, chippy trays. And then we go into the 90s, the clubbing scene. Um, that sort of period of time, is it fair to say your life took a bit of a turn around there. <clears throat> yeah, but you know, I wouldn't change a single thing. So 93, 94, got into the rave scene, great fun. 95, got shot at, uh, not great fun. And, and, and if you look at that though, um, what was interesting about this, the darkest day of my life getting shot at, is that everything happens for the reason. If I'd not been shot at, I would never have moved away. If I'd never moved away, I'd never met my wife, never met my wife, never started my business, da -da 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 -da, we wouldn't be sat here. I wouldn't have written four books, I wouldn't be a motivational speaker, I wouldn't. Everything happens for this. So the worst day of my life happens to be the best thing that ever happened. So I wouldn't change a single thing about any of my life. But when, when you're in that situation, mm. you say you look back at it now and you say it's the worst day of your life. Right. Um, what is that mindset? What is that? How is that feeling at that time that sets you on that path? One of fear. And the, the problem is, is that I wouldn't say it goes far as as PTSD. But what happened is I was living every day like it was my last. So when I locked horns with you, right, and we'll probably get to it, but when I locked horns with you, I was in that mindset, I was in a combative mindset, that that's what, yeah, so you, you've been programmed that actually you're now fearful for your life, so every day I was like, I might not even last till tomorrow, so I was living every single day like that, and I kind of took that into business, and I was doing stuff that likes of most normal people would never do. You go, this guy, you know, you couldn't get hold of me. Nobody could get hold of me because there was nothing to get hold of. There was no model that you could go, ah, it's very similar to, you know, because you've got this working class street kid that is now coming into business, very challenging. And even I look at myself and I go, whoa. <laughs> it's interesting you just mentioned when sort of locking horns. You, that, you say, it just sort of took me back a minute because I'm sitting there thinking, did we? Yeah, we did. Um, we did. We'll have to come back to that bit in a minute. You don't remember? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, there's been lots of fights, lots of wars, lots yeah. of ding-dongs. But yeah, we had a big ding-dong, you and I. You know, with UKBF. The, um, we'll come back onto that. Yeah, that? yeah. Listen, great yeah. fun. And once yeah. again, I wouldn't change a single thing. Yeah. But we locked horns. You know, your mob attacked my mob and, and vice versa. And that's like, yeah, we got, we got very, very tribal. I'll put a note on here. We'll cover Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%, yeah. So the... Um, so during that period of time, one of the things I thought um, interesting, there's two parts, and I don't know whether these are linked together or separate. Um, you was a games journalist for a period, uh, and you blagged a CV. Are they both part of the same, or are they two separate? Listen, I've always blagged my CVs. I might as well have a forward by J.K. Rowling on my CV. <laughs> Just a work of fiction completely. Um, <clears throat> so how I got the job as a games journalist, 92, 93, maybe 94, uh, is I used to work in a computer game shop when I was 16. That computer game shop was called the Computer, computer Shop in the Arndale. A guy came in, and the guy who came in, he was a games tester at uh, Ocean, right? And uh, he kind of tried to get a refund on games. First day, I let him go. Second day, I knew he was having me over, and I said to him, I said, I know that you didn't buy this, and you're trying to have me over, but I'm going to let it slide this time. That person bit ended up becoming my best friend, he was the, the editor. He then became the editor of ST Action magazine. So then that's how I got myself in. So I got myself as a games journalist uh, through the computer shop. See, that 
sounds yeah. like one of the coolest jobs to have at that age as well. Oh, no question. On Games Master Television and so forth, you know, I actually screen tested for him um, uh, to be the presenter of, of Sky One's Games World. And I got down, but the problem is, is, is many years ago, I used to sound like Terry Christine, you're all right, our kid. And I was a little bit too northern. So it just shows you, but everything happens for a reason. Like if I didn't work in that computer game shop, I wouldn't have been the best man of my be, be friend's wedding. Just wild. And then, so what's the, um, the last job you had before um, for anything? So, so question. at that point, yeah. yeah. So, so I was the head of marketing for a, um integrated security for companies so that people that did alarms but for like Lehman Brothers and Bank of America high level stuff and what happened was I was the the the, the team the director team asked me to do a marketing plan spent three days on this marketing plan <clears throat> the eight million pound business at the time and uh, you know they, they said they wanted to achieve this and I come up with this really lean pricing using a load of cool ideas and they just dismissed every one of them nah too expensive we tried that in 78 did, 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 and I went you know what shove your job up your ass. I said, I've wasted three days of my life, I've wasted your time here, what are we doing? And I walked. Yeah. So that was 2000, that was December 18th, 2004, I walked. At that point in time, did you have a backup plan? No, no whatsoever. And I think this is a problem is that somewhere along the way, often in life, any safety net becomes a, a nice comfortable hammock. And the great thing about this is that from a motivational or inspiration perspective, if you've got no cliff to walk back onto, if you've got no option of them to come forward, and that's exactly what I did, I had no option. I came home on the 18th of December, told my wife what had happened. She was delighted with that decision. Uh, actually, she wasn't. She said, why couldn't you keep your mouth shut for five days and get your Christmas pay? She had a point. Um, and I said, it's going to be fine. Um, I'm going to start a business off. And she started crying. And she said, you're going to ruin this family on your insistence on starting a business off, what are you playing at? And I had to turn down the volume on that. Yeah, and, and I've, I've seen, um, now correct me with where any of the dates fall in, mm -hmm. but I've seen around that sort of time, you was, um, and you've been very public about heavy on drugs at that time. Um, and I'm, in my mind, I'm picturing a whole load of turmoil going on there. Mm. Is that, is that accurate? Is that how it was at that time? No, not that time. The times were out somewhat, probably about, about a year or 18 months, I can't remember. Yeah. But nonetheless, the, the, the reality was is that, uh, you know, I knew I needed to make change. I'll tell you what changed for me. I drove past, I was in digs over in London, so I'd be setting off at like nine o'clock on a, on, a, on a Sunday, getting to London at 11 o'clock, getting in days, getting up at six, going to my job, Monday to Wednesday, and then driving back. And actually, I worked out, let's say I was on 30 grand a year. Actually, I worked out that once I take my driving and my digs, I'm not actually on 30 grand. That's the headline. I'm on 15. So you take your costs on. I'm thinking I might as well be flipping hamburgers over at Western Supermare Seafront here for the same money. And it was at that, I went, I could work 80, 100 hour weeks here for this company. Like, whoa, I'm 30 at this stage. Penny dropped. I'm thinking... How do I get, you know, a nice car? How do I get a nice home? Never going to happen until I took control of it. And that was when its seed was formed with that on that basis. Yeah. And, and this is one of the things I've, I've seen you mention before in some of the talks that you mm. do. Um, I might be wording it slightly differently here, but the people drive for that headline, that sort of um, perception of wealth or mm. um, high salary. Yeah. But when you break it all down, what's the cost? Well, and that cost is often to themselves, and this is where I'm at right now. You know, I look at this whole thing, and I, I, I work with 
C-suite people who you would never expect them to work with me um, at the highest level corps, and they are successful by all accounts, but they're deeply unhappy. And that is like, you go, sorry, you've got everything, but you've got nothing. It is weird because you put all this store on stuff, you get it all, and then it's never enough. So for instance, when you got your iPhone 13, it's the world's fastest iPhone 13, you put it against an iPhone 14, and all of a sudden you've got the slowest piece of shit now, and now you want to replace it. Never ends. It never ends. So you didn't know it was slow until you put it against the thing. And this whole thing is what we do as human beings. We end up having like a stick with a carrot, and we're running after this thing that can never be got. You can never capture this thing. So if you stop, this is where I'm at. I've stopped chasing the carrot. And what I'm doing is allowing the carrot to come to me. It's a fundamental mindset to shift. I don't have to waste energy running after something that I can never attain. And most people are running after, woke up now, most people are running after um, trying to get contentment and happiness and they think it's around the next car or the next house or the next handbag and it's not. And you get this short-term blip for a few weeks, a few months, and then you have to reset it. And you're in this thing that you can never quite get there. And I've got something that I call sustainable success, contentment. I've got contentment. Honestly, I've got contentment. I do not know anyone, not a single person that I've ever met who's as content as me. And so, so what are we doing it for? You know, we, we're doing it for the big house. We're doing it, I've got a five bedroom house over in Somerset. I was gonna work towards what, a 10 bedroom mansion. I've got room, one room I don't go in. If I'd have got a 10 bedroom mansion, guess what, I'd have six fucking rooms I don't go in. And, and we just, we, we, we've got it all twisted. When, and, and this is the thing, I've got a book that I'm writing in a moment, fifth one called Life Maker, Enough is Enough. Yeah, and the, and I see that, and I've, I've watched a podcast you uh, was on recently where you talked about this sustainable, mm -hmm. um, I wrote it down here, sustainable success. Yeah. And the, that is exactly as you alluded to there, constantly chasing that carrot is not sustainable because you'll never reach it. And one of the other things which I thought was fascinating is when you talk about flying first class, eating mm -hmm. caviar all the time, mm -hmm. the, um, it becomes normal. Yeah. So, so, so my favourite meal is curry. Love curry. Madras. Love it. But actually, you go four days in, guess what? You don't love madras anymore. It's no longer the treat. And this is the problem that we've got as society is that we've got too much uh, expectation. You look at the way that I live right now, the way that I live right now compared to my mum and dad and the, compared to the generation before. We are lavish right now, but there's still not enough. And this is the thing is that I think we're getting a day of reckoning right now with everything that's coming on, where the way that we've been living as a society, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to sustain that. Now, I don't get into the sociology of everything, but what I will say is that, honestly, you know, when you're living in a council estate and you've got a widescreen television and you've got a Louis Vuitton belt, there's something going very, very wrong. Take it from me, who's lived in that environment. And I think that we have lost control of everything and that our gods and deities, I'm not religious, are material things. And, and it's like, we're in danger zone here because every single time that we, we, we go that route, we lose a piece of ourselves. And I'll tell you something, I had a BMW i8, uh, you know, expensive motor. And over the two and a half years that I owned it, I saw four cars on the road that were better. So when I was driving it, I only saw four cars that were better than that. Two Lamborghinis and something else, right? So if I could swap my i8 for a Lamborghini and I'll get a Lamborghini and everything's good. And then instead, now what'll happen is I'll come across a Bugatti, which is better. And it, it never ends. It never ends. And this is, a, I go back to the point, which is enough is enough. How much is enough in your life? 
And until you crack that and until you accept that, because uh, you know what most people do is, as I wanted to do, is get a business, you know, become rich, um, rich, and then you'll be able to sort all your problems out. And you get rich, and guess what? You can't sort all your problems out because you put so much focus in getting rich that you forgot who and what you are. And I just see too many people fall into what I call the success trap. Success. They've got success. They're ill. Mentally, emotionally, financially, spiritually, they're ill. They're broken. And too much of that right now. And I tell you, I had someone on social media call me out and said, oh, Brad, you've got self-limiting beliefs. I am from Salford, Manchester. I've written four books. I speak at the highest level. I started a business of several businesses, created a multi-million pound business. Blah, 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 blah. What? Do you know? Do you ever? Um, now, this is my view, so um, may disagree. Do you feel that maybe sort of the Instagram kind of society dr helps drive some of that as well, where you get you're looking at everything through a filtered lens? Let me ask you a question. Go on. Is your business perfect? No, I don't think. Is any. your life perfect? I am content. Okay. That's a, that's, I'm choosing that word intention. That's good. So, so therefore, by not admitting that, you, you know that actually it's not perfect because no life ever is. However, if we go onto Instagram, yeah. all we'll see is perfect lives and perfect businesses. And this is the problem, is that we're spending our time here. This is the modern day church. Yeah. We don't do it Sundays. We sit there four hours going, <laughs> look, panda videos. <laughs> oh, absolute lunacy. So and desensitised to that sort of stuff as well. Mate! You look at what goes on. And I've been off the news now for nine nine months since um, Christmas Eve 2021 last year. Been off it for nine months. I've not watched the news, not one minute. Sorry, I lie. Three minutes I've watched it. I wanted so. to ask you about that because I've not made that leap. And the there's a part of me, so educate me here. All right, let me, let me give you one line. On. I'd rather be uninformed yeah. and happier than informed and miserable. Let me tell you, you are what you eat, what you see, what you hear. So if I turn around to you as a kid and say, you're going to amount to fuck all, you're going to amount to nothing, you're going to amount to nothing day in, day out as a parent, guess what? Somewhere along the way that will program you because we're like little human computers. I completely agree with that. I see, I, I see that with, um, I, I coach uh, teenagers who are going through difficult times mm. and through that same experience, yep. without exception, yep. every young person that I'm working with, in fact, Jacob does the same as well. He coaches young people. It's their often home life or their environment they're in. So your product's the environment. Get drilled into them, self-limiting. But that is really, in yeah. my view, self-limiting. Hundred percent. The so completely agree with what you're saying there. My fear, if I use that word, is taking like inflation rates, uh, that recession. There's a lot of doom and gloom on. I wouldn't know. <laughs> you don't want to know. No, no. But but you see, I wouldn't know. So rather than me impacting and changing stuff based on what I'm being told, I'm impacting and changing stuff based on what I see and what I hear. So you are now being modelled, you are being programmed, bug fixed by whatever you're watching. I'm not, right? So who's the daft one? So, so somewhere along the way, this is what I'm trying to say. It, you know, how did anyone ever get happy before, before people had brand new clothes? How did anyone get happy before widescreen televisions? How did anyone ever lose weight before Weight Watchers? How did anyone... We have been sold this pup that actually what we need to do is actually, and I go back on to Timothy Lira, plug out of the system. And I'm out of that situation now where I would rather be in, uninformed and happy than informed and miserable. You tell me, when you watch rolling news about Ukraine and them going into the Ukraine, the Russians... I'm on two, two different fences on that Please. one. So on one fence, there is... I haven't technically learned anything else. 
the other argument to that is that the more video and stuff you see on there makes it more real. Now, what that achieves... Nothing. Oh, it doesn't give you fear. So if you watch that, if you can... Well, let me ask you this. Children of yours, let's say they're five or six, would you let them watch that? No. So why as an adult are you letting yourself watch it? Right? And this is... Listen, I'm telling you, this we're in danger zone here because what we're all doing, and this is where we go wrong in our lives, everyone's busy about everyone else's life. They should do that. You should do that. The way you run this, that shouldn't be pink, that should be blue. Da -da -da -da. And actually what we need to do is put our energy and our focus on it. You imagine that you've got a battery. <clears throat> my battery on my phone wakes up and it's 100%. Your battery every single day, your human battery, if you imagine that you're like a little computer, your battery won't be 100% every single day. For whatever reason, some days you'll wake up at 85, some days 95, some days 50, whatever. Now what we do is we attribute, and this is a way that I look at the world, is we attribute, I was having an argument with a wife the other day, and you can attribute if you've got 85% and each of them being a block, so you've got 85 blocks. I was having an argument with a wife the other day, and there's either two schools of energy. Green energy, which is good use going to the gym. That's three, three spots. Having an argument with the wife, three red ones. I'm arguing with the wife on a Monday it was. And I'm escalating this. I'm going from three red, one red, two red, three red, four red, five red, with no net gain. I'm just gonna go to six, I'm gonna use more and more energy up on stuff that is not gonna move anything forward. And I urge every single individual that is watching this right now to listen to what I'm saying because right now as we go into this cold, cold winter, right, you cannot afford your biggest asset is this. Your biggest chance of getting through this is this. This is, you imagine, right, as a corner team, Mike Tyson, you're fighting Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield uh, comes back to the thing and his corner man says, well, fuck me, you're going to get battered there. Ding, ding, seconds out. He's going to go out there and he's going to get pummeled. If, however... He turns around this corner man and says, you've trained too hard for too long. Keep yourself together. You've got this. He's going to gas out. You've got more chances. Dinger. This, you cannot afford to allow this in. And if you allow your fear to get in, like, you know, the, you watching whatever news you've watched over the last, uh, whatever, last nine months since I've watched none, I've spent that time scrolling, watching cat videos. So it's not like I've done anything really clever with that time. I would have done it alternatively. But I'll tell you something, if you're faced with watching four hours of, 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 of orphanages being bombed or four hours of cats and pandas falling off a tree, I know where the smart money is. Because you being hyper-informed, how have you impacted anything positively? Go. This will tie into another question I might ask a bit later. The, I feel, because um, I'm not disagreeing with you, I'm just saying, um, I feel that being informed about the what's coming up with the economy or might be is influencing decisions on where I may invest no, some of the business. No, no. So, so did you have on your, on your business plan or your projections global pandemic? No. Right. So, so, so every single individual I've ever spoke to up and down the land, smart operators, none of them had a global pandemic. Nobody fucking knows what's happening in the next eight seconds, let alone the next eight months. Right. So, so, so honestly, it's a myth. And it's a myth that I told myself. Rich, you're a smart guy, you're a smart guy, but I'm telling you, you've got one life and on your dying breath, you've got one hour left now. What are you going to do? You're going to sit there mulling over what's going on globally or are you going to go and spend time with your children and your family and tell them how much you love them? Well, I say to people right now because there are too many people that I've seen, oh, you only saw them last week. They're just going to go flying around the world next year. Too many of those conversations. I've got a friend of mine right now who's currently going through terminal illness. He's no longer going to be here in three months' time. He did not know this a year ago. So 
Do you think he's spending time looking at what's going on globally? No. So none of us know. We're all unlimited time. Every single one of us, none of us know. Please do not waste your time on stuff that you can't impact. The question I'd ask you next time you turn the telly on is this. Can I impact this? Yes or no? If the answer is no, why are you watching it? Because all we are part of that machine and we, as we start generating that whole stuff and these things wouldn't exist if nobody watched them, but they watch them because it's compelling. You know, bad news sells, good news doesn't. Very true. Very true. The bit I wanted to ask you, which I thought um, was... I'm enjoying this, by the way. No, I'm glad you are, because this is, this is brilliant conversation. Yeah. I love it. The um, sidetracking slightly, I get more uh, enjoyment out of having a conversation with somebody who um, challenges my own views or own questions than I would with anybody who's just going along yeah, and nodding, yeah, nodding. It's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, well, listen, you've come to the right place. <laughs> so when we... Um, uh, there's a lot of advice if you talk and other previous guests we've had on here when we turn around to people and say what's your three tips don't give three tips now would that be something that come to at the end but one of them that is always quite consistent is make sure you write a detailed thorough business plan of what you're gonna I, I've seen your answer to this what and um, this leads into the we'll we'll go back to the, the starting of 4N because that's really where you're you know the business plan was for that to be better in the next two weeks than the previous two weeks. That was it. Yeah. And the, but that was, that was your business plan. Literally just a statement. I can imagine there wasn't cash flow forecast, p &L. No. And guess what? When it all went wrong, is that's when we integrated all that. Yeah. See, so, so when, that, when it all went wrong was yeah. when that was, was what was told we needed to do. Yeah. And actually it was flying prior to that point. And this is what I'm saying. So an expert is someone that's made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. Yeah. You look at the economics now that are on the global economics, right? Yeah. What's going on there? These are the experts. Yeah. They're the best of the best. And let, look at the mess that the, the world's in. Yeah. So, so maybe, just maybe, the daft idea that I had, which is none of that, wasn't so daft after all. And I look back and I can honestly tell you that my company went wrong when we started on this game, when we started formalising stuff and started making stuff, rather than it being bohemian the way that we operated before we come on to that yep. part, why did you start for him? What was the idea behind it? What Because it's yeah. a lot of people said, "Think I'm going to start a," and I use this, and I'm, I'm going to say, it. "Please don't jump straight." I'm ahead. going to jump straight in, but go on. No, no go you on might it. not think what go I'm going to say. I remember you having a spat with uh, Alan Sugar on Twitter, oh, which yeah. I thought was fantastic. Mm -hmm. And please talk a bit about that because his perception, his argument was, it's not a real business. But the reality is, um, my view, yeah. if you're making money, it's a business. Whether it, um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of challenges in school. So we'll have people coming in and go and give careers advice. And the, stu the student, the child will turn around and say, I want to be a, a streamer, YouTube. Yeah. Um, my view is fantastic. Okay, let's, you know, let's talk about how you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a perception from some people that that's not a real job. Um, Four ends, absolutely uh, real. So I'm on yeah. your side of the fence. Yeah, but you don't need to explain. This is the thing. How did your idea come out? And where? So, so two things. I don't have to explain anything to Alan Sugar. This yeah. is my life, and this is where we go wrong. Yeah. Remember what I just said before. If we focus our lives and our problems, our energy on our problems and our lives, but Alan Sugar decided to focus his energy in it. On my, Crackers. So, Four Networking came about because I started my own marketing business on December the 18th, 2004. Had that for a year, got invited to these networking events, went along in political terms, you've got the loony left, you know, all very nice, shabbly and volivants, and then you've got the local mayor talking about parking provision at Angel Play Shopping Centre, no one gives a shit, and then you're asking questions that you don't care. Um, 
Mayor, do you think the GDP will be increased? Who gives a shit? No one bothered. Everyone's interested about paying the mortgage. That was that. Then you had the hardcore, right? Where's your leads? Where's your referrals? You have to attend. You've not brought any visitors. Whoa. And I'm thinking, where's the mainstream of networking? And I based for networking on New Labour 1997. They came into the space. They had this open shirt policy, you know, soundbite culture. Things can only get better. Music, energy, enthusiasm. And it carried me. I was long-term unemployed. And Tony Blair got in and within nine days I'd got a job. So something changed for me. It changed for me. And okay, history hasn't been great to him. But something changed and I realised and I carried that. New Labour was absolutely the model for four networking. I came into the space uh, from a networking perspective to say, where was the mainstream? It never existed. And actually, is there a way of doing things differently? Ah, you can't because the Chamber have always done it this way. And, da, 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 da. and this is the point. You know, you can't be a motivational speaker wearing jeans, trainers and t-shirt. Why not? You look like a drug dealer. Right, but this is the thing. So, so it's told, I, I, I told, you can't call a book, get off your ass. Why not? Well, it's an offensive title. You won't get it published and you won't get it in Waterstones. Got it published, got it in Waterstones. So this is what you need to recognise. You're going to have people, sometimes well-meaning people, sometimes people malicious, sometimes people with their own agenda telling you you can't do something. And actually, they don't know the ingredients and recipe that you've got. So, so you know, somebody's saying, oh, that you can't call a book, get off your ass. Well, you might not be able to call a book, get off your ass. You'll never set up a national network against the likes of B&I or the likes of the Chamber. Okay, guess what I did? <laughs> so, so, so you've got to start talking yourself into things and not allowing other people to talk you out of. The, I love the, um, I've, loads of people say this. I don't know who the original say was, but if you have a plan B. That was me. The, then you've... you don't believe in a plan A and if you don't believe in your plan A don't get upset when those people that you go to see don't believe in your plan A either so I, that, was, that was mine you know uh, if you don't 100% believe in your plan A don't get upset when other people don't 100% believe in your plan A either so I had no plan B right as it stands I've got a plan B and that plan B was always to build me up as a brand and so forth so but primarily that was it for networking was the, was, the, was the one and I did it pulled it off and it and I remember um, it was you joined up networking the only so one the online side mm. and then you set up all the groups but you can go to anywhere so you could go to cornwall you could go to northampton you could go to buckingshire you could go to scotland you could go to to hereford no one had done that before that was like groundbreaking i remember going to a scotland one in scotland in glasgow and uh, i walked in there and a phone networker from hereford was in there and he went what are you doing here I went, what are you doing here? Do you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, this is crazy. So it allowed that. No one had ever done that. It was the internet for people. And one of the things um, provided, I'll show this to the camera. Those listening on Spotify notes won't see this, but we'll put a link in the thing. Mm. So this infographic. Where'd you get that from? Uh, one of your LinkedIn posts. If Never. Wow, is that so, lovely. Amazing. So um, it does round, but there is so many. I'm going to use this for some of the questions to work through. The... Um, Phenomenal growth, straight up to like 5,000 meetings. Well, it was about five years. It took four and a half, five years, yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things that your advice, I would say, is not overnight. So I picked up a comment. You said that things don't happen overnight, oh. uh, but really sort of pushed through to it. And then you, you just said, get off your ass and then get off your ass too. Mm. Um, that sort of balloon, what were those, what was that period like where sort of, things really started to sort of skyrocket. You don't realise you're there. Yeah. You don't realise you're in there. You have no idea. This is what's crazy about it. Because I was just so busy with the carrot. Yeah. Right? I never stopped to take account about what I'd achieved. There was one day I can remember driving from wherever I live, Somerset to wherever, Manchester or Sheffield or whatever. Every single junction had a phone networking. I remember the penny dropped. I went, shit, that's mental. You know, for a working class lad who everyone said it wouldn't work, 
blew my socks off. But once again, <laughs> and this is like life, you don't appreciate being a child. You don't appreciate your teenage years. You don't appreciate going out in the 30s. You don't appreciate... We don't appreciate anything until we lost it, or it's gone, or it's behind us. People don't um, don't appreciate what they've got, and I think this is the bit that I've got now where I've started appreciating what I've got now. Not not when I get that new car, not when I get a new house, but right now. The um, one of the things you uh, did, uh, one of your ambitions mm. was a Range Rover. I got it. Um, the now I might be a few steps behind you here because one of my um, pictures I have one thing to get a Range Rover you got the Range Rover and then you sold it I'm at the stage where I've got the Range Rover so I'm, I'm uh, it goes in November right, right. <laughs> the um so I say I'm a, a couple yeah, of years behind yeah, yeah. you in that sort of journey the um what hold you hold you uh 47 all right so I'm two years on you yeah yeah so running running behind yeah, yeah. the uh you had a nervous breakdown uh three oh well done i've had two so. midlife crisis uh yeah, yeah i find <laughs> boom you know what's love that and i think yeah. from the audience perspective you know i mean this wasn't certainly you know dingy but <laughs> this is what the reality of it people don't see this all people see is that picture all people see is what no one sees the reality of what goes on and this is the bit that when you actually get beyond this surface this crust this inter instagram crust of of everything's great and you get beyond it and you see fuck people have have, 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 have self-doubt they've got you know uh, not self-worth i've never had self-worth issue but i've had self-doubt that actually people are going to find me out no question and actually that the the fact that i've had a nervous breakdown and i've had two burnouts covid was great by the way i don't know about you covid was great for that but i had a genuine uh, nervous breakdown i think i think uh like two and a half years it took me to get back which is on the 2012 i can go into a room and, and speak at a level, articulate way where ne necessary, what's ne for the people I'm with. Or I can speak Correct. casually, however I need to be. Uh, um, but it is, it's funny when you say that um, reading about yourself and sort of even just chatting with you now, mm. I will say now, I'm, I can be myself. You can literally just be natural, just chat and be who you are. You know, and there's times where we'll be with other people. I get it, yeah. yeah. So interesting there, so Palomine says you get a Venn diagram, you've got business, you've got street, and you've got me right in the middle there, yeah. where somewhere along the way, you know, I'm street smart, and I've used that street smart in ways that actually would have allowed me to do things and make decisions that actually most normal people wouldn't do it. Street smarts, and I brought them to bear on this, and it's lovely because as I've got as I've moved forward in my career, you know, speaking at the highest level, JCB, Costa, Zero, you know, like the highest level in the UK, it's like mind blowing, mind blowing that actually my story is something, and the way that I speak. Bear in mind, nobody's taught me how to speak. Nobody's said, "Oh, this is how you do become a professional speaker." I've, I've kind of fell into it, but every step of the way, this is what I say: which an expert is someone that's made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So when it comes to networking, I've made them all. When it comes to business, made them all. Life, I've made them all. Speaking, made them all. And that's what people. Most people are not prepared to make decisions because they're scared of making mistakes. If I make a, a decision and it's the right thing, it moves me towards success. If it's wrong, it moves me towards being an expert. Can't lose. And don't you think that by being yourself mm -hmm. and being in the middle, as you describe it there, that's what everybody wants. Taller to belong. Because if you're, if you're um, talking to somebody who isn't genuine, yeah, yeah. I'll use that term, just yeah. isn't genuine, yeah, yeah. you've not got the real person, mm -hmm. then how do you know? what? They, are they just regurgitating from a book? So 
we leaked the truth. Yeah. We leaked the truth, right? No one in the UK, I believe, has had more one-to-ones than me. Nature of the network, three ten-minute one-to-ones in meetings. So I've met people from all walks of life, and people leak the truth. I can read them like a fucking book. It's mental, right? And this is like little micro thingies and stuff. I've got no psychology. I don't know now, but I can read micro movements and stuff. It's weird. It is weird. I'm going to say as far as saying it's psychic because it's not. But there's just and so so therefore. If someone can't be honest with me about something so basic, I'm questioning what else is because we leak the truth and I think it's worthwhile that. People say, oh, Brad, you're so authentic. I've never used that word in my life, right? And this is the fact that we've even got to have that conversation that someone's authentic means that the entire world is unauthentic. You know, crazy. So, whilst I've got you here, are you running your own or have a keen interest in small business? Then UKBF is here for you. Visit ukbf.co.uk and become part of our vibrant community to meet other like-minded business owners and tap into a wealth of expertise and experience to help your business thrive. Now, back to the story. I'll carry on with the journey of part of 4N uh, for a moment because one of the things that uh, was mentioned that stabbed in the back twice Mm. Uh, and you mentioned a moment ago as well, so two questions in one really, when you started to implement all these KPI, MI, sort of the, that infrastructure, yeah. that's when things um, started to wobble or go wrong. Mm. My question behind that yep. is you're a very unique management style. and yep. um, Is that because it didn't work for you? Yeah, completely. Yeah. So, so, you know, we create your own reality. So I never conformed in my life. I never managed to fit in in my life. I'd never, I'd always be the nearly man. <clears throat> I'd never be the guy. So I had to make myself the guy. I had to make my own stage. No one was ever going to give me a stage, a real stage. I had to, I had to, you know, fight my way up there. When I say fight, in a positively benign way, that's how I fight now. I fight in a positively benign way. I will do a, almost Jedi-like and I will not f- strike back genuinely. And there's a few examples of that right now. However, going back to... Um, from a you know uh, uh, what I'll say is this not everyone has the same values as me not everyone has the same if I'm a man of my word if I say I'm going to do something I'm doing it otherwise I wouldn't say it but my point of making is I'm a man of my word and actually I am a man of my word and as soon as you've got to start getting agreements heads of agreements made something's going wrong because as soon as it comes out on that second draw down you've got problems way beyond your piece of paper and um and that's important for everybody we, we spoke about young people mm. earlier, people having <coughs> challenges in their lives. That's right. Um, quite often, a lot of people have not had that trust or reliability in people, anybody around. But what they can do is trust in themselves. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. And also, stop lying to yourself, right? No one is going to save you. There is no cavalry. The governments don't give a shit, right? It's down to you. Think about me. I waited 30, 31 years for somebody to come and ring my doorbell, ding dong, oh look, a big bag of 50 pound notes, an opportunity. I'd have still been waiting. Now, you have to go make it happen yourself. Whatever it is, go make it happen. And actually what you need to do is not the 10 steps, oh, I'm going to be a millionaire in a mansion, forget that. The single step that you need to take now. And then once you get that one, then the next one, then the next one, then the next one. And what happens is I think we've been given these big lofty goals that are 
too big and stupid. You go and run a race with 100 people, someone's coming first, someone's coming last. Run it again, someone's coming first, someone's coming last. We can't all be Elon Musk, but what you can do is be a better version of you. There's a good version of you, there's a not so good version of you. Same goes for me. And every single day, what I do is I wake up and I say, is the good version of me, uh, the positive benign one, is that one, one being fielded today? If it's not, okay, go to light touch, right? But if it is, make shit happen. What happened is, oh, in fact, actually, before we jump away, you mentioned um, earlier we locked horns. Yeah. I th whilst we've been chatting, I've been remembering a run in between our. So, for those who don't know, who are listening to this now, just. Can I just say, UKBF, the absolute powerhouse, and the fact that you were back on the helm, love that. Oh, thank you. Genuinely, because actually, they, you were my biggest online rivals, no two ways about it. Yeah, yeah thank you. That means a lot. That's true. The. Um, uh, and actually, when I, when I look back now, what we should have done is been brave enough, alpha male to alpha male, to sit down and say, can we do something sensible here? Instead, we did have a lock-ons. I can't even remember. It's a blur 15 years ago. But what I do remember is the definitive, you're a load of twats, we're a load of twats, bosh. And I think I sent some of my guys over there, Salvo, to come and to do a wrecking to create mayhem over in your place, <laughs> I think. The, um, the, I, I remember a, a running... The, so we're going back near... Well, yeah, back 2006, the, 2007, yeah, yeah. And that sort of time there... So UKBF and 4N, two really yeah. sort of big, like national sort of it's online, business, yeah. yeah. And um, the both brands had almost cringe saying this, but loyal following. But he was also you was the head of yours, and I was the head of mine. Yeah. So we steered the fish, you know, we we, yeah. we steered the ship, should I say? So like what the vibe and the energy and the culture was created on mine by yours. Yours at Man United, Man City. You know, both the football teams, but actually, ah, we, we, we wear red, you wear blue, whatever. And that's what went on. It was good. It was good. It was good for business. In fact, the war between Coke and Pepsi never harmed anyone. And I think it was good for us, <laughs> if I'm honest. No, it's great. And the fact that we can sit down now, but it just shows you, at the time, 16 years ago, that would have been so important. That would have been dominated. Ah, like, now you can't even remember. I can't, and, and I think that is indicative of the world that somewhere along the way, we put too much story and shit that in five years' time ain't going to matter. The, I don't maybe sort of from that experience my mentality is as an individual and we've had this conversation internally in business i love competition mm. because if you don't have any competition then what have you got to measure yourself against to see whether you're going the right way or not mm. and often uh, i feel there's a strength in collaborating with competition as well yep. working together you'll go you take a high street and you'd have all the different food uh, restaurants along the same high street. They're all in a way in competition with each other, but it's oh, a destination. Absolutely. The, we have a particular part of our business that at the moment we don't have any competition. Mm. And I, that frustrates me. Mm. I'm not putting it out there now for yeah, somebody yeah, to come. Yeah. But <laughs> come shield in. Come on, let's do it again. Yeah. But the reality is, is we've got nothing to compare to it, yeah. and nothing to measure. Yeah. Are we doing well? We're doing all right as far yeah, as a refill. So that, um, fantastic. And yeah, we're um, back at the helm of UK Business One. It's a lot of work to do, and okay. it's what led to here. But I've, you know, sort of blowing smoke up your backside again from here. But I've seen how you've developed your personal brand, mm -hmm. and I couldn't go to a business show without you being, and still like being, the headline speaker mm -hmm. for that. And that is sort of. Uh, listen, you know, I, from my perspective, it's like, you know, I was on a billboard um, in London, and I'm like, fucking crackers. And there's me taking a photograph going, what the fuck's going on here? You know, just just, just wild. And, um, you know, that's, I, I, I think 
If you could robocop me and put a USB cable in my head and download my sort of primary directive as to what I'm interested in or what my focus is, is to make a positive difference. You know, I have changed my life in ways unrecognisable from a from my old masonette, I put it on my Instagram, my old masonette above a chipper. Masonette above a chipper and there was me outside with me, I ate and I went, this is crazy. I made that happen. No one made that happen. This is what I'm trying to say is there is, right now, there is council estates full of brads out there that have been waiting to be found and waiting for somebody to hook them out. No one's going to hook you out. <laughs> no one's going to hook you out. It's down to you to hook yourself out, which is what I did. But I waited 31 years for somebody to hook me out and see this talent that I was. And anyone that's watching this right now, please, you know, ask yourself a question. What do I want to be? Where do I want to live? Okay, what are the steps that I need to make today in order to make that reality? You know, I delivered pizzas whenever it was, 31, 32, I can't remember, right? But I delivered pizzas. And like... I was beating myself up that I'm at that age delivering pizzas. And I look back now and I should have been patting myself on the back. That's a fundamental difference that wisdom will give you. So if right now you're waiting tables, if right now you're loading pallets of, of, of nappies for, for Sainsbury's distribution centre at three o'clock in the morning to keep your dream alive, pat yourself on the back. Like, honestly, pat yourself on the back. You just a few couple of times mentioned it, it seemed surreal and never really sort of realised how successful... 4N was when 4N was so successful. Right. Was there any a point where you did step back and just sit there and think, "Fuck me!" Like literally. We're... Now, what is a question yeah. I asked myself in 2016? Yeah, I actually so so <clears throat> I'd re so that was six years ago. Yeah. I'd got everything. I was 42. Um, yeah, 42. Started running at 40, 40, whatever, 42. <clears throat> and I asked that question. Now what? I said I've got everything. Now what? Empty. Ah, you need to get a faster car. What you need to get is a bigger house. And I went, this is crazy. So now what? The answer to the question, by the way, for people that don't want to read it, is contentment. That's what it is. You get contentment. So yes, I, 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 I kind of a couple of times I tried to get a management team in to, to look after the business, so I wouldn't have to. Didn't work out on either occasions. Why? Because I was fundamentally at the core of that. It was, it was, you know, Richard Branson at Virgin. You take Richard Branson out at Virgin, and guess what? And I had somehow, knowing what I know now, having done a business for 16 and a half years, just sold it recently, <clears throat> um, I, would have, I would have made myself less accessible because I was the man. But equally, what's useful about that, I've gone start off five networking now, which I can't and I won't. <laughs> my networking days are done. But my tribe would come across to me, to lots of them. So when you get to uh, 2016 and that sort, that sort of period of point, you've mentioned um, that for a business and this is touching on what cool. we said earlier from a business perspective you're sitting there thinking you've got everything what do you what are the next materialistic things you want to take but what you know something has to give That's always family yeah. life there's a price to pay this is what people don't understand so just to be clear <clears throat> what my price that i've paid has been two uh burnouts maybe three burnouts one uh nervous breakdown, two and a half years to get a thing, uh, type two diabetes, near marriage failure, fucking a stalker, real stalker of social media. You've not stalker. made it unless you've made it, got a stalker, surely. You know what? I'd love to think it was fun. It isn't, no. right? The police are involved now and everything. They've been arrested. This is, yeah, yo, serious. This is not, like I say, people, <laughs> trust me, not fun. Um, <clears throat> so, so there's lots of these prices that you would never quite know that unless I was daft enough to share, which is what I've done, people would never quite know that. 
And 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 this is all people see is the daft car, the kid with a snapback getting outside, throwing up deuces with a big fat gold chain and two girls with his chinchilla finger. That's not the real world. And we spend our lives wanting that. We spend our lives aiming for this, aiming for, you know, big cigars overlooking the Monaco. And, and I'm telling you, what you're going to work your life and you're going to give your life. And let me just put this in perspective. You, me, Jacob, we all have something that one of the richest men in the world doesn't have. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. How much of Apple's 60 billion, 90 million, billion, whatever, of reserves do you think he would give you right now, Steve Jobs, if he could come back from wherever he is for one day on this earth? Do you reckon he'd be negotiating if the clock was ticking? I don't think he would. I think he'd go, there you go, Apple reserves, Bosch done. He'd have one day. So that says to me that today is as valuable as the last day of your life. But you, me, Jacob, we take the piss. We don't appreciate that this is finite. Oh, because death always happens to someone else. It's always in 10 years' time until of course it's not. This is your life. This is my life. And I'm telling you, we spend too much time on shit that doesn't matter. And I tell you, having gone through this and been hyper-connected with tens of thousands of small business owners the UK over, the amount of times that I've had, oh, you heard, John's died, John Steve's got terminal cancer, da 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 da, da. You know, one of the biggest honours that I can say about my, my career as for networking is I've carried two, maybe three coffins of four networkers that they've asked They've asked me to carry their coffin. <laughs> wow. But that says a lot about, and you've, you mentioned, you said the word authentic, that you don't use that. Mm. But that says a lot about how you bring yourself to, or brought yourself to for networking, to the community of people that you brought together. You know what's interesting about that? <clears throat> so I've probably got 100 haters, right? No, let me just explain this. And this is an exclusive, this. So... <clears throat> Let's say I've impacted 10,000 people in the last 15 years. So you're one. So, you know, that's 9,999. 9, so impacted, they've read my books, they've seen me speak. Let's say 10,000 conservatively. Of that, there's 0 0.00001 who are complete lunatics. I've now got 100 lunatics on my case. And I can tell you this now, because of the nature of social media is that what happens is there's people that have been thrown out of the network for sex offences, people that have been improper behaviour, people that have ripped off people, bad invoice, whatever. And I remove them quietly. They get a phone call from me, Brad Style. Hi, Steve, yeah, uh, I found out about your background. You're no longer back in the network. That's you. Yeah, but I was spent, I don't care, gone, click. That's how it went. Nobody ever heard these conversations. Those hundred people then get somebody who decides that they've got a beef with me and they go on social media and say, Brad Burton's this, that, and the other. And those nutcases go, yeah, you're right. Now, if I was to reveal every person and I've got every single one of their initials and when there's going to be a statement at some point when this all goes to court and it's all this, this thing, yeah, it's all resolved, then we're going to see. But anyone can do with impunity in social media. They can say what they want. I had somebody say stuff on social media. They bump into me in the trade show. Hi, Brad, how are you? Sorry, are you the same guy who said this, this, and this on social media, but now we're face to face, you're not saying that, and now you wanna... This is a strange world that we're in, and I'm, a, I'm hardly a celebrity, but I promise you, the, 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 the shit I've caught for on social media, you'd think I was Pol Pot. 
you would think that I am Putin. And I think that this is the crazy thing about it. And I think that the pandemic had everyone's coping mechanisms buttoned down. Everyone before the pandemic, everyone's coping mechanisms, go to dream, have a bottle of whiskey, whatever. People's pandemic had coping mechanisms. The pandemic blew all out. And I think every coping mechanism got blown out. And I think that's what we've got a load of undiagnosed mental illness right now around the UK that is exacerbated and fed by social media. I think there's two things, um, two things I want to say to that. One is we've both experienced building up an online yep. community. Mm. That in itself, you get people being hidden behind screens with a keyboard. So you've had it. Oh, yeah. You get you get a few um, strange characters yeah. or um, conspiracy characters or haters mm. in that sense who um, don't like the way you of running things. Uh, so you've got that element, which I think the internet just harvests. Yep. Uh, but one, uh, I watched a, I can't remember where I saw it, but it's Piers Morgan. Piers Morgan at some point was giving a talk or saying something yep. at the time. And his uh, view was, if you've never, uh, um, if you've never upset anybody, then it means you've never had an opinion. Truth and I, I would say that resonates with yourself, perhaps mm. that you, you say things how they are. And people don't like that. But, but it doesn't... All right, let me ask you this. And it's a straight question. Name one person in the history of humanity that has been universally liked by everyone. Go. There isn't. Right. And once you accept that, people say, oh, Brad's Marmite. The only people that say I'm Marmite are people that dislike me because, one, I'm probably more successful to them, two, more handsome, whatever, right? But, but actually... Um, <laughs> but... They, what they won't turn around is they'll, the, why they don't like me or a marmite is because they've got a degree and I'm doing better than them. They spent six years doing this or they, they've got a three-piece suit and a pocket watch and a monocle. They're posh and they're not getting booked for speaking gigs. No one will ever say that. And people say I'm marmite and the only people that say that, I always ask them that. So why did you say that? Uh, well, you know, his style isn't for everyone. Okay, tell me one person who is this. So this is, if you, <clears throat> I will not set the opinions of people that don't like me. I will not listen to them. If my friend says to me, hey, Brad, you're being an arsehole, I'll listen. If someone who, who doesn't like me says I'm being an arsehole, I'm not interested. Yeah, it's interesting it just... you find, you see uh, a negative in that term. And I've not, I have no memory of saying it, but if I have, the, um, see, I would turn around and say, if somebody says you're like Marmite, mm -hmm. See, I like my mic. I don't. <laughs> but the uh, but I I would take that as almost like an indifference. No, no, no. What no, no. What they're trying to do is they're trying to unsettle you or unseat you by a proxy. People do things for three reasons, right? And and you know, once again, you know, I've got no degree in psychology, but if you can do the job, you're qualified. And I think I've had a, to deal with a lot of psychology. One of the things I would say about my network is this: <clears throat> it wasn't a network; it was a political party. Singles for UKBF. You can kid yourself that it's a community. It's a political party. And you've got, um, you've got MPs, you've got people that have vote for you, that are wavering voters. It's a political party. That's how I looked at it. People make decisions for one of three things, uh, for, for, um, for security, approval, or control. So when someone says, I am I'm, I'm thinking, is it they want security? No. Do they want approval or do they want control? That's all I see. I see anyone who says that wants control. They don't want approval. They don't want security. They want, they want control. They ain't getting me. And they say, oh, yeah, I suppose you're right. I'm, I'm not admitting to that because you're like Marmite. Everyone's like frigging Marmite. So you'll always find someone that won't like you. You'll always find someone that will. And actually, it is used as a control method to, to slow someone down, to, 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 to get them to keep in their own lane. That's not me. 
And the thing is, I don't listen to anyone other than people that I value. Right? If, like I said, I'm, I'm, my team can speak absolutely candidly to me. Hey, Brad, you're being an arsehole. That ain't right. Okay, cool. But I'm not listening to someone who's got a bad word to say about me as if somehow I should. You know, they need to focus on their life. Remember what I said earlier in the podcast? If we all spent our own energy, not telling people how they should live their life, what they should wear, and focus on what you should wear, the world would be a better place. But everyone's getting involved in everyone else's business. Get involved in your own business. And that is something that I've learned at 49, right? There is some things, there's some fights worth having. The vast majority of them ain't worth having. No, absolutely. The, uh, so 2016, what now? Uh, now what? So, yeah. And um, the you then eventually sold 4N to focus on yeah. Brad Burton. This, 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 listen, so, you know, COVID came along, 1.6, 1.7 million, March the 20, 22nd, I think it was, 2020, and then zero. <laughs> like, okay, so if you've got these 500 meetings every single month that are in brewer's fairs up and down the land, and Boris says, please stay at home, then guess what? You ain't having them. So we took it online, and we did all right with it. We did all right. But we was prepping for a three-month war. Six months on, oh. Seven months on, go back to the political party. All you guys are wounded. You know, I built up that, that core over a 16-year period, but I've got no answers for them from a leadership perspective. I've got no answers anymore. No one's got any answers. So all of a sudden, people started leaving the posts and then Delaricks, and it was like, okay. So anyway, sold it literally um, August the 1st this month, this year, so whatever it was. And actually, if I'd have got it two years ago, I'd have made a whole lot more money, put it that way. Sold for an undisclosed sum, but I'm comfortable with it, undisclosed sum. Right, because actually I'm a working class lad from Salford, Manchester, no qualifications, got shot at, you know, dad left when I was six months old, and yet I've sold a business and built a business, a national business, and I've got a national reputation. I'm okay. So, yeah, to focus on making a difference now, to focus on making a difference, to, to, to do this and, and to try wake people up about this, this, this success that they believe they've got. Is it really success? Are you genuinely saying that, actually? Well, things could be better. You're right, they could, because your kids don't know who you are. Your wife doesn't give two shits about you, but as long as you keep buying her stuff, it's okay. And actually, when the kids get 18, then we'll get divorced. That's what I see. People holding it together. You've got one life. So whatever you're going to do, and I, I bounce people into making decisions, that's what I do. And I've got a wonderful methodology that I call, um, you know, if I put a gun to your head and said, listen, I need you to make a decision on that most difficult thing. Oh, I can't do it. Put a gun to your head. You've got five seconds you'd make it. Manchester motivation. That's what I do. I bounce people into those decisions to say, right, what is it that you want to do with your life? Well, let's do it. What's stopping you doing that? Because where the problems come, it's a bit like a trapeze. Once you've run out of momentum, at some point you've got to let go. And that is the problems and the pain comes when people are not willing to let go. And actually, that's what I've done with my network. I was willing to let go because I realised that I'm never going to be able to put another 10 years in to make this happen. I'm 49 now. I'm 49 now, so what, I'm going to go and knock my pipe out to get to be 60, to, really? As opposed to what, getting paid thousands of pounds to go and speak at events and actually being Mr. Cool? Yes, please, I'm writing the fifth book. The, um, I use an analogy, well, not using that, I actually use this um, advice for other people, um, similar to the gun to the head, but with uh, flipping a coin. The, um, I, I believe in all of us, we know what we want to do. Right, no, let's go again, best out of three, yeah. Uh, well, not even the best out of three, literally flip a coin and you're going to do whatever that lands on, heads or tails. Nice. And then... No, but if you then want to do a flip best out of three, you know that actually decisions yeah, are the way. Exactly. Um, and I, funny enough, I used that with my daughter last How night. How old are your kids? Uh, she's 20, so she 
Uh, fucking hell, I know, I know where the dads now, aren't we? <laughs> mate, mate, I've got a 27-year-old, so I get it. Yeah. But where are the fathers? And this is, I'm like, like in my mind's eye, I think I'm a kid. Yeah. Crackers. So she wasn't sure what she'd do. I said, well, flip a coin, and if you like the outcome, you, you know that's what you want. You really want to do. You're going to put me out of business, you. have got a new motivation speaker, haven't we? <laughs> oh, God, I've got to sort, yeah, branding out. Yeah. Take up getting all that. <laughs> Lose a couple of pounds. Just breathe in like I do for nine hours a day. Perfect. The... Uh, but the the important thing, which uh, w before we um, came on air, um, started talking here, was saying, I've seen a change in yourself over the recent years, mm. and your um, I was going to say persona. It's not sure, persona. Sure. It's li literally focus. just your yeah your focus, your aura. If I use a spiritual term, mm. has has changed in the recent years. You've sold 4N just recently but ever since sort of 2016 and you've started focusing more on um, contentment um, how um, sort of you've said a lot about what people need uh, you know people need to do that and how they should focus on you know not driving after that carrot constantly you can get the carrots but just stop driving after them yeah right this is the crazy thing about it I feel like a freaking guru now but it's true if you stop, they'll come to you. Chickens. You go running after chickens, they're all over the show. You go and sit there and go, coo coo, they come to you. This is the fundamental difference, but we, we, we waste so much time running around after chickens, making a lot of scene for social media. Look, everyone, I'm chasing chickens. As opposed to, I'm telling you, if you're smart, you can conserve your shots. And I say, do not be punching cobwebs. I see people put too much weight behind, behind just. I've loved that analogy. I've heard punching cobwebs. Mm. What, yeah, I? Yeah. Um, what do you mean by that? So, so there's sometimes you've got to put your weight into something. Sometimes when actually that'll be suffice. But what we end up doing in today's social media world is show everyone, look, I'm punching a cobweb. I'm putting loads of weight behind it and it doesn't require that. So, so actually this is less is more on everything. I talk about that new book that I've got, Life Maker, Enough is Enough. Same goes for power and, 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 and control. If I say like the, the cobweb, how much strength do you need to, to, to get it out of the way? But most people are showing how, how, how that they're punching cobwebs full to show how powerful they are. And actually, it's a waste of energy. And it's important uh, that when you're saying enough is enough mm. and with contentment, you you did touch on this earlier that you'll get haters who turn around and say, well, regardless, yeah. it doesn't make a difference. You're not, um, well, then have you lost your fire or anything like that? That's not the case. It's just yeah. far from it. channeling your energies into something that means more to you so you imagine being a lion this is what i'm about lions every imagery is lions and eagles this is my thing you know back in the day when i was a young man i was a prowler a big lion going around prowling the serengeti right now i'm quite good sitting there knowing that actually if shit pops off i can deal with it not going around showing everyone that actually if shit pops off i can deal with it everyone knows that i can deal with it after everything that's faced come my way i've dealt with everything and this is what I'll go back down to what I said it before, which is if I say I'm going to do something, it's going to do, it's going to happen. In this case, what I'm quite prepared is to do what it takes when it takes. But right now, I'm quite happy, metaphorically sitting on my ass and allowing this thing to unfold, whatever this thing is. Your thing, uh, so, so the thing that you're doing now is type focusing. Tell me uh, the difference between uh, and why you emphasise motivational business speaker versus motivational speaker right so so this is a classic this is an absolute classic somebody said to me the other week somebody quite prestigious said to them 
Brad, who called you the UK's number one motivational business speaker? And I said, let me ask you a question. Who called Muhammad Ali the greatest? Do you reckon that 40 years on we've got to say, what, that Muhammad Ali was the fucking greatest? No. The reason that we refer to Muhammad Ali 40 years on, even though he got beat five times, is because he said he was the greatest, but he wasn't just the greatest because of boxing. It was what he did from a civil liberties perspective and all that, right, civil rights, right? So, so he called himself the greatest, but what happens in today's day and age, we're waiting for somebody to be stolen as the great. No. So I, I, I call myself the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And people said, how did you become the UK's number one motivational business speaker? I just made a website, said I'm the UK's number one motivational business speaker. People were aghast. Ah, you can't call yourself that. It's outrageous. You're not the UK's number one motivational business speaker. Who is? Uh, who is? Well, well, it's not you. Okay. Let me explain. The UK's number one motivational business speaker is a term that never existed until I created it. It doesn't exist anywhere. I made it up. It's a bit like me and you in a, in a, in a nightclub now. I'm saying there's a 20 quid there. Pick it up, Rich. Now you pick up, you saw it. Mate, pick it up, you're nearer. And whilst we're doing that, Jacob comes along, picks a 20 quid up, and now we're going, fucking hell. Uh. <laughs> right? Yeah. I've seen an opportunity. In the same way that I created the largest joined up business network. No, the other networks were bigger than us, but the joined up network, that was what I did. So I used that whole thing. I used the, 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 this uniqueness to create and to, to generate something that actually people said I couldn't. And it, what's funny about this is that, you know, that UK's number one, I am getting booked as such now. I don't even have to say it. And actually, I'd, I'd, go, I'd go as far as saying, you know, motivational speakers, fine. Motivational business speakers, I don't know anyone that's outpacing me. I don't. You know, I don't need a guy out of SAS as a motivational speaker. He'll do well because he's got television. This is what I'm saying. So you don't have to wait for permission. Start talking yourself into things rather than out of. The problem you've got now is with the UK's number one motivational business speaker. Everyone's at it. Oh, I'm the UK's number one whatever, right? I'm the UK's number one female model. And actually, you know, you'll never, uh, nobody remembers a silver medalist. You've got a great story that can resonate with so many. We've all got a great story, but most people don't share it. No. But they're um, relevant to the young people mm -hmm. particular. Um, and this is one thing about UKBF. UKBF, what looking strong. You're selling me beautifully, by the way, on UKBF. I think I'm going to be setting up an account later on. Go, <laughs> go for it. I'm sure you probably still, you have yeah, a, yeah. We'll, we'll find it. The uh, But the point uh, where, where I'm heading is that young, we really want to, a passion for me in particular is supporting young disadvantaged or um, disconnected young people. Mm. And you've got such a great story for them to resonate with. Mm. So if we had uh, a group of young um, teenagers in front of us now who are told that the, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to do it. You're not yeah, going to make it. You're, you're, you're failing at school. You're, uh, uh, the usual rhetoric mm -hmm. that they get. Uh, what would be the three things you would say to them, each of them to um, fire them up, both fire, you know, right. just show them? Yeah, yeah. So first things first, you'll never outperform your self-image. If you see yourself as a dealer who will be a dealing outside the chippy with £5, £10 bags, all you'll ever be is that. If you see yourself as something beyond that, as a business owner, someone who's going to do something with their life, you keep that there. Fish, I put it a shark in a tank, it'll grow to eight inches, same shark in the sea, eight foot. That's what you need to do. You'll never outperform your self-image. So I don't want your self-image being a street kid with a cat backwards and this, that and the other. I don't want that for you. I want you to start picturing in your mind what and what and who you want to be and start working out every single day making the steps towards that 
recognize that you need to start listening to yourself you need to start talking yourself into things rather than out of oh no point in me going for that job i'll never get it i'm a working class monkey which is where i was saying i was that's what i taught to myself right you know just it kept going over and over again it's like no 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 so you need to start talking yourself into things that opportunity you want to do go for it that thing that you want to achieve go for it if you don't achieve and it doesn't work out that's okay because you've learned and everything that remember what i said about an expert if you make a mistake that's all right moves you towards being an expert that's what you need to do and recognize that nothing is predetermined right my life would have been fundamentally different if it wasn't for what happened in my world i wouldn't have been shot at which was terrible but actually the best thing that ever happened we're talking to you now because of that I wrote the books because of that. I started business because of that. I'm with Richard because of that. So whatever's gone on in your life, no matter how dark and terrible it's been, it's in the past and you need to let go. Because if I was to go and give you a red hot coal right now and I'd say to you, hold on to it, let go of it, and you don't want to let go of it, it's going to cause you pain. It's going to cause you pain. At some point, you've got to let go of it. But most people, they want to, they're angry, so they hold on to that. Let go. Let that hot coal turn it over, let go, and move on with your life. Everything happens for the reason, even the shitty stuff. I'm living proof of that, as are you. Yeah, fantastic, thank you. Um, two last bits. The what? Um, why do you do it? What is your why now? Yep. To make a positive difference. Look, you know, don't get me wrong. <laughs> last time I checked, mortgage payments need to be paid, right? Yeah, so let's not be under no illusions here that somewhere along the way it's, it's, it's primarily pragmatic because it's not. But I genuinely want to make a positive difference and I am making a positive difference. Business leaders, because they're actually looking, you know, looking at themselves and going, would you rather have a happy workforce, <laughs> right, or a miserable workforce? Because I'll tell you something that's gone on. Culture has been lost with a lot of businesses now. It's probably the biggest threat that I see for big businesses, culture. Because people are working from home. Why? They're working from home because they don't want to pay the cost. And I get it. So there's, there's got to be a balance in that. So, so, so um, why do I do it? To make a positive difference. To recognize that this, your brain, is your biggest chance of success. It's also your biggest chance of failure. I could quite, quite easily, I've been now, you know, four stone heavier, racing post in my hand, fag in my mouth, two pints at Weatherspoons at eight o'clock in the morning. That could have been a reality for me. That's the reality of it. And actually, there's two worlds that you've got, and it's down to your decisions. So that's what I'm about. I'm about making a positive difference to people. And how would you want to be remembered? So when you when uh, we reach the end, uh, how would you want people to look back and remember you? What's lovely about it is I already had two eulogies <clears throat> in that, you know, when I left my business, I had it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Because everyone got like outpouring of, of, you know, well done, you've done amazing. I also had it as um, something else. It was another thing that I did, did five years to the day and I had that. So I've seen it and actually I've been remembered to making a positive difference. I genuinely have made a positive difference because I could have come into this world and made a negative difference, but I've made a positive one. And that to me is, 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 is my guiding star effectively as to what keeps me orientated and what keeps me focused. And as you asked the question before, where did you find the energy? Initially, it was about making making a business and making a life for my family. Now it's about making a positive difference. And it's a whole lot easier when you're enthused about something and you're energised to, to find energy when you're, rather than having a face like a slapped ass, working a job where you're dreading it on a Sunday morning, uh, sorry, Sunday evening, and you've got Monday flu. That's not what it needs to be. And I started this whole thing when I wrote that book, Get Off Your Ass. If you're dreading Monday mornings or your weekends are going too fast, you're in the wrong business, you're in the wrong life, change it. 
And if somebody would like some of the positive difference uh, and energy from Brad Burton, how would they find you? Work with Brad.biz. You know, there's a page there that we have that is the opportunity for anyone to work with. I mean, we even do, like I say, um, you know, a one-hour call. So and no matter what shit's popping off in your life, I will find a way through, genuinely, no matter what's going on. Well, no matter, in my 15, 16 years, there's only been two things that I couldn't fix, and they was you know terminal illnesses but the rest i've managed to fix two problems in my in my you know of all the thousands that have come my way that i've not been able to fix for people so that's what we do and and, and that's where i really switch on because i come up with solutions like to which most normal people wouldn't do or wouldn't think were possible and i see a way through where everyone tells me it's impossible brilliant thank you it's been fascinating talking to you brad great to meet up again this bump bump there he is Cheers. boom ukbf people it's back as is brad Yay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Remember to like, share and subscribe to help spread the stories of small businesses across the UK. Have you got a story to share? Reach out to us on ukbf.co.uk and you never know, you could be the next UKBF story.